The Church of Satan was founded in 1966 by Anton Zandor It was founded on the notion that man is a carnal animal, and it's such a carnal religion. There is no spirituality within the Church of Satan. We view ourselves as our own God. Satan is simply a metaphor for the force that drives from within you to accomplish what it is you want to get done. There is no heaven. There is no hell. We actually take the word back to its original meaning. It's a Hebrew word that means the adversary, and that's what we are. We, we stand in opposition in an adversarial manner to any and all spiritual doctrine because it's, we think it's bunk. You are listening to Share a Slice with Sean. David Harris is a magister of the Church of Satan. So you know that we're in for an interesting uh, conversation for sure here. Um, So David, welcome to the show. Hi, Sean. Thanks so much for having me. So Church of Satan, I mean, let's start with that. I mean, yeah. what about that? (laughs) (laughs) What's your your role in the Church of Satan? I mean, you're a magister. What does that mean? A magister is a fourth degree within the, the ranks of the Church of Satan's priesthood. There are five total. Um, there's a citizen, witch, warlock, priest, priestess, magister, magistra, and magus, maga. Uh, there's only one magus, and that is our current high priest, Peter H. Gilmore. Um, titles are honorary and bestowed by merit. There's no actual real duties associated with being a magister. They are basically presented to you because of what you have accomplished in the world and your application of Satanism within that world. Okay, so it's like you don't really get marching orders there. You're just basically, you're living a life which exemplifies, to a certain degree, the the values of the church. Exactly, that's what it is. That's really cool. I, I like that, that you don't have to go through some set course or anything like that. You can just basically, everyone can go through their own path, and everybody can sort of, you know... Uh, excel at their own potential abilities. Right. And really that's at it's at the very heart of it is what Satanism really is. Satanism is a religion of the self. There's no worshiping of the devil. There's no we take the Christian model, we throw it away. It's about worship of the self, worship of the ego, worshiping of what it is that you want to accomplish in this world and getting yourself to those goals. In 1966, Anton LaVey created the Church of Satan, marking the beginning of the Age of Fire and Year One Anno Satanus. In 1969, he published The Satanic Bible. So, tell us a little bit about this character. I mean, when I was doing some research, I just find this wild-looking guy from the 1960s with this bald head. He was a carny, uh, a crime photographer, and he played the Calliope, like the synthesizers and stuff. I mean, this guy was a pretty amazing and different guy for the time, right? Truly a talent in in many senses of the word. Um, and what he did was he codified a philosophy that is life-loving and is, you know, self-serving. He founded the Church of Satan in 1966. And prior to that, of course, like you just said, he, you know, he had, you know, played Calliope in the circus. He'd been a crime scene photographer. Um, and he used those experiences to learn about man as an animal. Um, you know, he always told a famous story about how he would, you know, be playing the 
playing the organ in the uh, in the burlesque shows and the and the strip clubs, and he'd see men there on a Saturday putting dollars in g-strings, and then they'd be there on Sunday, mm-hmm. the next day in church, where he was playing the church organ, and they'd be atoning for their sins. And he just learned that man, at the end of the day, really is just paying lip service to a god that he ultimately created himself. He saw religion for what it was, and that was a system of control. And so he created Satanism as a way for man to be in control of himself. When it comes to Satan, I guess uh, things that people think of first would be, you know, do you guys do crazy rituals where you summon demons and, and Satan and Lucifer and Beelzebub and the whole thing? I mean, you guys don't have a literal belief in these as being actual sentient beings or anything. No, not at all. Um, again, we don't worship any kind of an anthropomorphic deity. When Satanists ritualize, it's really to focus your energy towards what it is you want to do. We appreciate a certain aesthetic. We like the darker side of mythology. We we see very much ourselves in those demons and monsters that were the stories were told you know many many years ago. We very much identify with what many of those things were about, which is why we take that name. Anton LaVey called it the Church of Satan by design. It was a wonderful filtration device, one that he would use to get rid of anybody who wanted to wear, he would call a good guy badge. The notion being that if you truly were of yourself and your own desires, that you would be willing to associate with that which most people would consider to be the biggest taboo. This is about finding yourself and knowing yourself and, and owning yourself, basically. Exactly. Their responsibility, personal responsibility, is very much at the heart of what Satanism is. You, at the end of the day, are responsible for your successes. You, at the end of the day, are responsible for your failures. It's not on some imaginary friend in the sky to bestow wealth and happiness upon you. It's also not on any mythical demon to curse you with bad fortune. It's all on you. Then does that mean that anything is just good? Like in the sense that you can just like anything goes, you can just go and do whatever it is you want because you're in charge. Is that it? Or is there something, are there more rules involved? Um, well, of course, Satanism is a very law abiding organization. It's a very law abiding philosophy. You must Obey the laws in the land in which you live. That's paramount because ultimately at the end of the day, infracting upon those laws and getting locked in a six by nine cell is not going to be very conducive to a satanic lifestyle. In the name of Satan, ruler of the earth, king of the world, I command the forces of darkness bestow their infernal power upon us this night. Open wide the gates of hell! Come forth from the abyss to greet us as your brothers, sisters, and friends. For me, the good stuff, because uh, I grew up Catholic and then I, I kind of dabbled around with Wicca for a while. It, it, maybe it's the theater, because you guys do have rituals and you guys do have magic, right? Exactly. Anton LaVey codified two forms of magic uh, greater magic which is what most people think of when they think of ritual magic you enter a ritual chamber that's ordained with all kinds of trappings and aesthetics um, and you 
engage in a formal ritual, and then lesser magic, which is the magic that you practice every single day by interacting with society and being able to manipulate those around you to do that which you want them to do. Sort of like you know, basically what you know people in the Wiccan community would call glamour. You know, your your mode of dress, your manner of speaking, the way you style your hair, the way you take care of your body, all of these things are ways you can influence the world around you. And that is actually, in our opinion, the more potent form of magic. Um, ritual magic. Um, when Satanists engage in formal ritual magic, it's because they are they feel burdened by some kind of an emotion and they need to purge it somehow. And this is where aesthetics come into play. Again, most Satanists are attracted to a more darker aesthetic. We appreciate the darker characters in mythology. And so at some point when we need to focus that emotion and get it out of ourselves so we can move forward, we'll enter what Anton LaVey would call an intellectual decompression chamber which is our ritual chamber, which is where we purge those emotions through formal ritual. And once we step out of that ritual chamber, those emotions have left us and we can we are free to proceed towards our own particular goals. Now, there are those that practice ritual magic, and I count myself among them, that believe that when you do put that energy and that emotion out there, that in some way it can very so slightly tip the scales of whatever it is that's going on in your favor ever so slightly. When it comes to actual magic, like this ritual magic, a lot could be said for your own personal state of mind. Like if this ritual that you do somehow alters your perception or if it like alters your even your attitude, right? Or if mm -hmm. it cleanses your minds or gets rid of any kind of irrational emotion then you might be more focused on the things that you want and you need, and you might be able to get those things. And that's exactly correct, and that's its real purpose. And the interesting thing about it, people, people often ask, you know, why these particular trappings? Why can't we use something else? Well, you, the answer is you can. Um, if, you, if you read any tome, and I'm sure you've done this as someone who's dabbled in Wicca, really magic boils down to focus and intent and that's why the moment you find any kind of a system that works for you personally it may not work for anybody else but if you figure out that it works for you then you utilize it it's all subjective anton levey knew that he really was the first person to really strip away the bullshit and just say this is what magic really is it's just take something that you find personally inspiring and use it to focus on what it is you want to get done. It's, it's why truly devout Christians believe prayer works. It's why, you know, you're truly people who are truly into, into, into their own particular faith, believe that their particular brand of faith or religion works for them because they're able to use it to focus their will. That's all it is. It's find your, it's pick your poison. The rest of it is all it's all aesthetics and, and bullshit. Figure out what works for you and then utilize it. There's two rituals that that I was struck by when I, I heard you talking on some other podcasts, actually. One of them is called the lust ritual, another one's called the destruction ritual. Right. There are three. Um, basic rituals outlined in the Satanic Bible. The the two that you mentioned, lust and destruction, the third being compassion. Um those were the three basic rituals because you can pretty much fit 
any particular intention that you can imagine into one of those three categories. Um, lust, whether it be sexual or for, or even if you're lusting for something that's not human, like you know, you're lusting for wealth or power or fame. Um, that can all be compassion, of course, com- you know, feeling you someone you know you love is hurting or maybe you're hurting and you need something to get you out of a situation and of course destruction someone or something is annoying you or causing you grief and of course you need it to go away those are the three basic rituals and like i said you can pretty much fit any sort of microcosm of intention that you would probably come up with into one of those three now what specifically was it that struck you about the two that you mentioned when I grew up, I was encouraged that when I was angry at someone, I would go punch a punching bag or, you know, um, uh, also when it comes to lust ritual, because um, I grew up as a Catholic, I was actually not encouraged to do what's most natural when you lust after someone. I mean, which is to masturbate, right? Right. Of course. As a fantasize, right? And for me personally, I, I didn't get over my guilt my Catholic guilt of this whole lust thing until I was all pretty much into university. The first year of university pretty much did away with all the guilt. Let me tell you like, uh, yeah, not that, a problem usually has that effect on people. Usually when you're, it's, it's not the prying eyes of God you're fearful of. It's the prying eyes of your parents. <laughs> so suddenly when you go away <laughs> to university, um, all bets are off. You become a complete heathen and a hedonist. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Yeah, actually, let's move on to like hedonism. My take is that a Satanism, as we mentioned before, isn't pure hedonism. So it's more like or Epicureanism. And I write about that, like because you have these rules and these and these uh, this logical base on top of it. You got your frontal lobe, and then you got the rest of you, your your animal brain, your lizard brain. Exactly. And the the two really do need to work in consort. So I, we like to think of it as sort of a pragmatic hedonism, where as long as you are not infringing upon the law, you know, indulge in your heart's content. It just make what we like to what we like to preach is and I hate to use the word preach is indulgence, not compulsion. Enjoy the things in this world. They're yours. They're yours for the taking. Have them. Enjoy them. But don't become so obsessed that they start to rule your life. Um, addiction is a, is a very unsatanic way of living. It's just something that should be avoided. Even when I was younger, I was reading Marquis de Sade and some of these other you know, literary Satanist books. Uh, I think there was one Marquis de Sade story where um, the the clergyman was giving the the husband a hard time about something or other, and then he'd sneak off uh, into the back room and uh, start having an affair with the wife, kind of thing. Right. Um, besides, you know, just being just excellent erotic fiction, de Sade really did point out Catholic hypocrisy with regards to sex, because all of that stuff went on. Um, it really is hypocritical of the Catholic Church to preach a message of, you know, abstinence, you know, no sex before marriage, and then to, obviously, for centuries, you know, their own, their own clergy engaging in debaucherous sex, and obviously, of course, in today's world, the just disgusting pedophilia scandal, uh, it's, it really 
shows that's just one example one giant glaring example of of the hypocrisy of of spiritual religions when i used to quote unquote sin every week i would go to the confessional and you know the priest would be there and the priest would be asking you know you know what are your sins and uh, i remember as a kid i would actually have to make a through sin few sins up just to make the guy happy right <laughs> so i was a kid i didn't kids don't what i mean what did i do you know so i said you know i i kicked my brother or i you know i stole i stole some cake or later on when i went into my adolescent years the the priest i had at least one priest who was a little creepy and he started really focusing on when and where I touched myself, which is kind of really, really disturbing, even as a kid. Yeah, you, that's... <laughs> it, it's, a, it's such a problem. I don't... I'm, I, I'm amazed that it's still, it's still to this day that they're, they're turning up pedophiles in the Catholic Church and no... Hardly ever do these people get turned over by the church. The church knows about them. They shuffle them around. It's disgusting. I don't. I don't understand. I, I have no idea either. My, my only assumption is money must be involved somehow in this. In the musky night, with reeling brains, passion shall take hold and turn into writhing, and twisting bodies. And the great god Pan shall preside over all. When I was a younger, I even saw some pictures because I think someone had a copy of the uh, Satanic Bible, which is the book written by Anton LaVey. And I, I saw these, these rituals and they reminded me of um, my own masses that I went to as a, as a kid. And I'm like, wow, you know, this has such a draw for me. Um, this celebration of everything that Catholicism in public shames, but in private goes on and went on. Right. Well, again, um, Anton LaVey knew that man was, it is, an animal, a carnal being, one with a tremendous sexual desire um, for the opposite sex, for the same sex, for everything in between. And so... It was important that he build that in to Satanism and a, a, just a global acceptance of any kind of sexual proclivity that involved consenting adults. Um, of course, the, some of the tenets of our of our the eleven satanic rules of the earth, of course, do not harm animals and do not harm children. Um, of course, those who are not completely sexually developed should not be engaging in any kind of sexual congress. That's just not something that is ever condoned by Satanism at all. Um, but consenting adults engaging in whatever kind of sexual activity that they want to get into should and always will be completely fine. Yeah, let's actually get into that because uh, I was looking at the website, which is at churchofsatan.com, and they have the 11 Satanic rules of, of the earth here, along with all kinds of other information, like lots of stuff. Some of the 11 here I can really get behind, like, do not give opinions or advice unless you are asked. Do not tell your troubles to others unless they are sure they want to hear them. And uh, even my favorite, actually, one of them is uh, 
if a guest in your lair annoys you, treat him cruelly and without mercy. I mean, I could get behind some of that stuff, <laughs> believe me, when people come in and, and, you know, stick their feet on my coffee table. Yeah, it's just, it's, they're, at the end of the day, the 11 rules of the earth just teach you how to be a polite, productive member of society and how to deal with people that aren't. It's just common sense. It really is. You know, they're worded in such a way that they kind of, you know, tilt to a darker aesthetic because that's what we are. But if, but any intelligent person can glean the logic. And also, if I take a look here at the nine satanic sins, I can just quickly read these off because there's only nine. Uh, I have stupidity, pretentiousness, solipsism, self-deceit, herd conformity, lack of perspective, forgetfulness of past orthodoxies, counterproductive pride and lack of aesthetics they seem you know pretty legit i mean if people followed all these rules and uh, i guess tried to reduce this as much as they possibly can in themselves it would make for a, a better world right the satanic sins really are just behaviors to avoid because every single one of them can lead to a setback they can lead to a negative impression they can lead to impeding you from getting what you want obviously stupidity is number one for a reason anton levy always said stupidity should be painful and it is you'd never want to be stupid you never want to be you never want to do anything that is going to directly negatively impact you it's just stupid you don't ever want to be involved with any kind of stupid activity Okay, so when I was in Catholicism, though, I used to, you know, have to go and uh, grovel and ask someone to forgive my sins, this, this priest who was interested in where and when I touched myself, right? So, um, in, in Satanism, I guess that probably isn't necessarily the case. I mean, these are sins that you're effectively, if, if you think of them as sins, these are things that you're doing uh, that are harming or causing setbacks to yourself, I guess. Exactly. The, the, the punishment is inherent in the act with, with the nine satanic sins. Even as a Satanist, you, sometimes you're going to let your ego get the better of you, but it's important to learn from that experience and not make those same mistakes again. Um, you know, that whole learning from what it is that you do and not falling back into the same old pattern of behavior that leads to a lack of success is, is tantamount to your own personal growth. So, David, here we go. So, I've got a few, like, rapid-fire questions for you. First of all, uh, sacrifices, yes or no? No, no, there's no sacrifices in Satanism. Uh, how Sacri about... Sacri sacrificing is something we try to avoid at all costs. You never want to sacrifice anything. Um, how about orgies? Um, that's up to the individual. If you, again, getting back to sexuality and being a, an individual thing if you are of the proclivity that you prefer to engage in group sex and it's all everyone's consenting then yeah have at it so there's nothing like in the church so you guys don't necessarily oh, oh, organized yeah or she's <laughs> organized by the church of satan no <laughs> it, it, it probably take all the fun out of it anyway you know <laughs> if you've got exactly. it on your calendar yeah, yeah. yeah no, just let, just let that kind of thing happen organically it's gonna happen it's it's <laughs> Organizing things stinks. Is this something that your your neighbors know about? I mean, do you talk about it at work, or or is this sort of like a? I mean, is it sort of just a, a something that you are 
you have like these two worlds separated in a sense. Um, I'm lazy, so I don't like to hide who I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm pretty public. Um, I, I don't introduce myself as Dave the Satanist. I don't just go, hi, I'm Dave. I'm from the Church of Satan. No, that's not what I do. Most people in my life know. Um, and one of the advantages of living in New York is that no one gives a shit. Obviously, if you live in other parts of the country or the other parts of the world where you have to tuck your bathman under your shirt and keep your affiliation a secret, we completely understand and want you to do that. You, we do not want you to martyr yourself for the cause. Satanism abhors martyrdom. Uh, save that for the Christians. You are of yourself, and if being of yourself means you have to hide your affiliation, then by all means, hide it. Satanism itself has some fairly famous Satanists. Yeah, you have Marilyn Manson. He he was in in it for a while. I, I don't know if he still is. And then you have um, Sammy Davis Jr. He was a big Satanist during the day. Yeah, uh, Marilyn Manson was given a, an honorary priesthood by Anton LaVey. Um, he's kind of since distanced himself from the organization. We wish him well. You know, he's he's doing his own thing. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, was our Rat Pack warlock. He was a a, a good friend of Anton LaVey. Uh, Jane Mansfield also. Um, recent publication uh, called California Infernal uh, featured a bunch of photos of of Jane Mansfield and Anton LaVey. And that's something I would highly recommend everybody pick up. Those photos are fantastic. Uh, let's talk a little bit about maybe some of your own projects, which maybe might be themed darker, so have a darker sort of theme to them, but are not directly associated with the Church of Satan. I know, based on what I, I read, that you uh, you have uh, uh, an adult film production that you do on the side, right? Yes, yes, I am. Um, I do produce um, some fetish adult films. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's something I always wanted to do. Um, I've, got, I've got a background in, in, in media production. And, you know, I, I'm very much into ex, you know, expressing a lot of things on film. My gorgeous wife is my primary subject, the lovely Heidi Knights. Uh, you can go to our website, HeidiKnights.com. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we shoot, predominantly, you know, spanking fetish films, uh, foot fetish, smoking fetish. It's a lot of fun. It's something I very much enjoy doing. I also uh, see here that your wife produces her own podcast as well. Yes, yes, she does. It's something she produces under her uh, her, her comedy stage name. Well, it's not her stage name. It's actually her real name, Heather Height. Um, it's called Something Different with Heather Height. Um, it's the pinned link in her Heather Height Twitter. So go to at Heather Height on Twitter, um, and there's a link to her podcast there. It's it's a podcast about other strange and esoteric podcasts that she finds on the internet and YouTube videos and just weird stuff that she analyzes. And it's, it's really fascinating. My wife has a very, very interesting mind for, for analysis of, of the esoteric. She's a lot of fun to listen to. Hey, listen, David, thanks so, so much for being on the show. I feel like I learned a bit about Satanism and, uh, I think I might have a little bit of a Satanist in myself as well. There you go. Well, Sean, thanks for having me on. It was a blast. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the program. I'd like to give a warm thanks to David Harris from the Church of Satan for being on the show. And I'd like to encourage all listeners to go to churchofsatan.com just to check out what Satanism is all about and what it isn't about. Um, That's especially true for any listeners that have made it this far who are, let's say, 
evangelical Christian or religious of some bent or another, if you're going to have any kind of discourse with Satanists, it really would pay to go to this website and figure out what it's about and what it isn't about. Because speaking personally, at least, um, as someone who left religion, went to Wicca, and then from there went to atheism, uh, nothing really gets my goat more on the internet than someone coming along and putting up straw men about things that I believe. Yeah, so go check it out. You'd be doing yourself a favor, you'd be doing the Satanist a favor, and you wouldn't be looking dumb, which is, um, as we know after listening to this episode, about the, about the worst thing that you can do. If you'd like to know more about David Harris and uh, his work as well, you can go to D. Harris Podcast on Twitter. And uh, if you're feeling extra frisky, um, you can check out David's spanking and smoking porn on the internet as well. And I'm going to have a link to that in the show notes. Or you can go to HeidiNights.com. That's H-E-I-D-E-E-N-Y-T-E-S dot com, uh, where you'll be able to find uh, his work and his wife's work as well. And she has a fantastic podcast as well, which I'll link to all about the occult. All of the satanic ritual audio comes from YouTube videos. And uh, the Church of Satan was uh, nice enough to let me use that audio from the videos. And there'll be links to those videos in the show notes. The intro music is by Fantastic Plastics and used with permission. And the outro music is Chromatics Music, also used with permission. Remember that if you want to listen to older episodes, read show notes, or subscribe to the podcast, you can go to shareaslicepodcast.com and there's a a great subscribe button there that'll bring you to either iPhone or Android device depending on what you're using so thanks so so much for listening guys Um, there is a human on the other side and that would be me and I really appreciate any reviews, emails tweets, uh, feedback for the show and uh in a few weeks, uh, we've got, I've got another show coming out, and I'm really looking forward to putting that out, and uh, we can do this whole thing again. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>